spoken word. A taste of Melbourne's diverse poetry scene. Poets using their voices to entertain, to move, to take you on a journey. Connecting you to grassroots poetry and performance. Welcome to the Spoken Word Show on 3CR Community Radio. My name is Waffle Iron Girl. 3CR broadcasts from Wurundjeri land in the Kulin Nation. We pay our respects to elders past and present. This always was and always will be Aboriginal land. On today's program, I'm really excited to speak to Alice Allen, poet, podcaster, and I consider a cultural producer who produces the podcast Poetry Says. The Impov Poetry Mashup Lost Weekend and currently has two poetry publications to her name The Empty Show, published by Rabbit, and Blanks, published by Slow Loris, a chapbook about Jane Kenyon, bees, maternal ambivalence, and the liminal space between romantic love and friendship. Thank you for coming on to the show, Alice. Would love for you to introduce yourself um, to the listeners um, beyond uh, the bio that we've just read. Well, that was a beautiful introduction, Is Thank you so much. Um, yeah, I do think of myself primarily as a podcaster at the moment. It switches a little bit back and forth, but I was so lucky to have my first collection come out with Rabbit with the wonderful editor, Jess Wilkinson, and also had the... Um, and was also able to put out a chapbook through Slow Loris. That all happened in 2019, which feels like another age. And since then, the podcast has kind of grown, it's taken on a different pace. And I feel I've started to tell the truth a lot more in the episodes. I have become a little less concerned about what people might think. And I believe that the episodes are getting a tiny bit more interesting as a result. I hope they are. Um, certainly for me, um, the podcasts, and just to explain it to the listeners, uh, those who are not familiar, um, Poetry Says is a podcast, a, a weekly podcast, I believe, at the moment. Yeah, a weekly podcast um, that um, Alice produces um, that I listen to avidly. Um, it discusses poetry uh, and bounces, in my opinion, between uh, interviews, um, analysis of poetry, analysis of the poetry industry. Um, and Alice Allen, um, as presented on the podcast, is an opinionated woman, much to my delight. Um, and also... Um, themed shows that I call works of art, um, including sound design um, and poetry and using spoken word and um, spoken essay as well um, to talk about uh, certain topics. Um, you talked about the uh, show having uh, evolved. Mm. What do you think it's become? Yeah. Well, I started it very much as a poetry beginner six years ago. I think I'm even more of a beginner now than I was 
then I sort of now fully understand the scope of what I took on back in 2016. And I think it's evolved with my understanding. I think it's evolved because I can ask my guests, ask my guests better questions. Um, I think I've grown a bit as an interviewer and I can steer the conversation more effectively now. But like I said before, I'm also more willing to let people in and let them know who I am a bit more. At the start, I was really trying very hard to fake it, trying very hard to convince my audience that they they should listen to me because I had some things to say about poetry and you have to start somewhere. And now I feel as if I might have a few things to say about poetry and I'm I'm, I'm excited for people to get to know me a little bit better. Why is that important to you um, as a podcaster? Um, you've mentioned honesty and um, having people get to know you better. Um, why is that important? Well, I think the form is so deeply intimate and I know that the podcasts that I love, some of which I've listened to for over a decade, those people, even though um, in some cases I've met them, in some cases not, but they are so real in my life and the things that they have shared over time have come to help me to understand my life a little bit better. When we're listening to podcasts, we're often alone and sometimes even a little bit lonely. And I think about that space when I'm putting my show together, sort of, yeah, to, to try to create a connection, even though what I'm really doing is sitting in a windowless office with a microphone and talking to myself. I'm still trying to create some kind of intimacy. How do you see the relationship between podcasts as a form and poetry? I think they're probably pretty far apart. But for me, what I love most about putting the show together is that I get to introduce people to the poets beyond those little bios that you find in the back of you know, Black Ink used to put together that best Australian um, every year and you flip to the bios and go, what's everybody else done? And, and uh, that always made me feel like these people were not real and the world of poetry was closed off to me. So when I get to invite people onto the show and you get to hear them um and ah and you get to hear them laugh and make fun of themselves and read their poems in their own voice, that really excites me because I think about the version of myself where I started back in 2007, understanding that these are just people just like you. And they started exactly where you are right now. Well, I think this is a, a fantastic segue um, to ask you to maybe read one of your poems. Um, I have my favorites, of course, but um, now I'm going to perhaps challenge you to pick something that is particularly honest and particularly you? Um, I think that this poem is, is fairly honest, even though it is a bit of a collage. It's called Melbourne Sonnet. It's the opening poem to The Empty Show. A sonnet is always a love poem. So I was taught. 14 lines betray you to your reader. But your subject can be anything. In fact, it's possible to avoid the word you completely. And anyway, a sonnet won't get you laid. All poems ignore 
belonging in them. On my way here, I stared too long in the wrong direction. A woman my age tottered across Collins Street to say, and this bitch is looking at me like, no, no, I wasn't looking at you. I was looking at the laneway behind you. She put her arm around my waist and kissed me on my cheek while staring at the man I still call my boyfriend. I held her as she swayed. Lonely is the worst way to be drunk on Collins Street. A sonnet is always a love poem. I too drink too much. Then I catch the 86 home, trying to keep my feet from interfering with the feet of the other passengers. Thank you. Just as an aside, I think lonely is a pretty bad way to be drunk on Collins Street, but um, pre-pandemic, I would say throwing up is possibly worse. <laughs> yeah, there's degrees. <laughs> 3CR Community Radio, 855 AM. Throughout October, Vaka is hosting a series of rainbow yarning workshops for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander communities. The workshops will include guest speakers presenting on a range of topics for LGBTIQA communities and support services. To take part, visit the Victorian Aboriginal Childcare Agency's Facebook page to register. The Victorian Aboriginal Childcare Agency is a 3CR supporter. This is a story about being unhappy. I'm telling it to you, aware of the fact that I'm exploiting my own experience and foregrounding my mental health in a way that will make it seem as if I think it matters. Maybe that I think it matters more than your experience or my friend's experiences or those of someone who ended up on the news. You know this is only a story. I'm telling it to you because the whole thing was really lonely. I keep stalling at this point. The notes I was taking last year for this trail off. I'll sit down to write more, but there'll be a message to reply to, or someone will come into the room, or whatever I have on the stove will be ready. I've been avoiding writing the end because there's nothing in it. The honest end to this is that things did change, but the changes were too minor even to write down. Eventually things felt different. A lot of small things changed very gradually in ways that felt totally insignificant that day or that week. It was Christmas, then it was January, then eventually I felt steady enough to taper back down off the meds. Everything changed enough that what took me down couldn't hook me anymore. The best I can probably do is to say that I let go, but what exactly I let go of and how? I could try to tell you that, but giving it a shape would make it a lie. I know things will continue to go wrong, 
I also know I'll be okay. And I can tell you that when it was bad, the only place I felt a tiny bit better, however long that lasted, was inside a poem. You're listening to 3CR Spoken Word, um, and that was a small snippet from Alice Allen's podcast, Poetry Says. That was from the episode, The Big Sleep. In the background of that snippet, you also heard a snippet of the song, Dusk, from The Evening by Ford. Do you think producing the podcast has changed the way you write poetry or vice versa? Absolutely because I've gotten to know those people, like I was saying before, behind the poems, behind those bios, behind all the accolades, and come to understand that they really are just people. They're not perfect and they're not uh, people to put on a pedestal. And what that did was it freed me to just write like myself, because for a long time at the beginning, and we all do this, I picked a couple of people and thought, I want to be like you, so I'm going to write like you, even though you don't sound anything like how I would write naturally. So it just demystified the whole thing for me, and I really hope that it does that for people who listen to the show as well. One of the things that I find um, different and exceptional about Poetry Says is what I call the sound design. Um, It feels like a lot of love and effort has been put into finding the right sounds, the right atmosphere, uh, the right clips from movies and and songs uh, and things like that to to illustrate and and enhance the feel of the topic or the subject matter that week. Um, If anything, I now have in my imagination that you have a vast underground cavern of old movies um, that you pull from and that you've watched every single one of them. Um, Can you talk to us about the sound design? It very much happens by instinct and by chance, but I do adore movies and and I wish I could make them. I think this is my attempt to be a little bit cinematic. I also love collage and I love the way that when you juxtapose one thing against another, it creates a third meaning. So I'm I'm trying to do that and again to sort of deepen that sense of intimacy with the listener and sort of point to something and go, do you, do you remember that? Do you know what I'm talking about? And just have a little like shared moment of understanding with them. As an interviewer, you talked about honesty and letting yourself show uh, perhaps even the dreaded word, uh, maybe dreaded only by me, authenticity. One of the things I noticed, though, is that you do take a very different tone with different interviewees. So some uh, podcasts and shows, the personality of the uh, host is primary and comes across uh, more than anything else. Um, for you, there's a there's a different feel with every interview. Yeah. And I love that you underscore how um, difficult that word is, authenticity, because I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm playing a role to start with as the host, but also with each interviewee, I come with a set of expectations. I often come with a lot of fear. Um, or, and, and one of the things that I 
hope I'm getting a little bit better at, but I really, really do struggle with is I so want this person to like me <laughs> when I'm interviewing them. And I have to continually try to let that go and get to the question that the listener wants asked, not just, you know, complimenting this person who I'm probably interviewing because I love their work. I hope I'm getting better at digging a little bit deeper with people. I think this is a good time for maybe another poem. Sure. This is from my chapbook, Blanks. This is the last poem in the book. It's called 4pm, usually not busy, and I've got a little epigraph from Google Suggest. Nietzsche was stupid and abnormal. This is my last secret. 295 Barclay Street, Footscray. Just between us. Mostly empty, dog friendly. Walls, Chaucer, Drive, Seven Doors of Death, Occasional Western Suburbs, Atheists in a Pub Evening. Seriously, this is yours and mine. They can go to 8-Bit or Seven Deadly Sins, I don't know. They'll play Godless when you get in. Get that spot behind the half partition. The booth in the window. Another killer crying spot. The redhead behind the bar loves a chat. I know mild cider sounds questionable, but hey, man does not strive for happiness. Only the English do that. They'll play Tiny Dancer. You'll pat the Jack Russell, Emma. Everyone in unison, softly, slowly. No soy decaf half mocho chai latte here because they don't have a coffee machine. Strictly ballroom was on while I had my porter. I almost danced. Twenty of us mobbed the poor barman, but he coped well. Even rescued a possum. Great night. Hey. Honestly, I don't want any more secrets. Here, hold these. That was Alice Allen reading a poem from her chapbook, Blanks, published by Slow Loris. I'd like to jump to uh, another subject that is close to, I think, your heart, if um, your podcast personality is anything to go by. The state of poetry and spoken word as it currently stands in Australia. I would love for there to be more fun. I would love for us to play and laugh more. I feel very allergic personally to a serious strain that I see running through Australian poetry. I don't mind if it's there, but I do mind if it's all that's there. I'm excited to see those moments where spoken word starts to inform poetry that purely exists on the page, by which I mean when we have a poet who is not thought of as quote unquote a spoken word poet get up there and deliver their work in a way that cares about the audience. Don't see that very often though. Um, and I think that there is still, I don't, I don't know if it's, if it's even worth saying, but I do, I do think that there's a resistance to performing your work because again, maybe that allergy to self-seriousness, maybe we feel, some of us feel if we, if we really perform it, then we're taking it too seriously and we should shrug and be casual. 
Um, one of the things that you've been doing um, more recently, um, I don't know how long it goes back, is you've been co-starring and co-hosting um, on a, a series of connected shows. Um, one of them, I think, based in um, the US. What's that experience been like? Anything you'd like to say about that? Oh, it's been an absolute joy and a thrill and a crazy wild ride because my co-host over there, Matthew Buckley-Smith, he hosts the show Slee Ricketts is just wildly intelligent and articulate and most of the time I am just scrambling to keep up with him but it's been this window into this world in America of these these poets who I had no idea about and our conversations push me to go come back over here figure out what I think and it just kind of keeps amplifying and enriching um, what I do but yeah that that show is is um it can be savage and it's exceptionally funny and i think of it as um i described it this week as the after party to my podcast so <laughs> yeah very much encourage you to to check that out as well We've talked about um, what you think might be missing um, or deficient from the spoken word and uh, performance poetry scene what about Australian podcasting scene? Oh, God. I mean, yet so much is missing. We need many, many more female voices. We need many, many more voices from people of colour. And we need more podcasts that aren't made by the Mamma Mia franchise. Like, we need podcasts that are, that are just wild and weird. I would recommend people check out the Barron Field experience, which is being made by Justin Clemens and his friends out of the Melbourne School of Continental Philosophy. That show is nuts. <laughs> they are just three philosophers yelling at each other for way too long, and it's fantastic. Um, I want more shows like that. I want less production, and I want to hear the, the people inside the show. Because I think that's how we get less lonely. My favorite quote from the guy who makes the show I've been listening to for over a decade, uh, he says, being creative is about doing something over and over again, no matter whether you get a merit badge for it or not. So it's lovely to have a big audience. It is, you know, I'm as addicted to the stats as, as the next podcaster. I love to see that graph go up. I, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to pretend like I don't want it, but but the thing is, it is ultimately pretty meaningless. And the fact that you've listened to some of these episodes more than once, it means the world to me. And I had I had a poet contact me um, maybe six months ago saying that, you know, it was in the middle of the night, he couldn't sleep. I, I knew that he was at that point um, grieving and he listened to one of our, my episodes. And what more could I want, you know? You have to make it because it's what you love. Because if you make it for an audience, you're going to feel hollow and exhausted pretty quickly. You said that we need more shows, um, which are you know about um, the the podcaster. We need more shows with women, with uh, non-binary people, with uh, people of uh, color, um, all sorts. What words of advice you have for someone out there thinking of starting a podcast? Um, it's exceptionally weird at first because you are talking to yourself. You're not doing it wrong. It's just bizarre. It's a bizarre feeling. 
Um, so push through that as much as you can. I would say really, really think about what's going to sustain you over a period of time before you start. Don't make something because it's something that your best friend is into that week. Um, make it because it's like a, a passion that you've had for, you know, five years or something like that. And, and do it because it makes you happy. <laughs> Just grab a microphone. It's easy. <laughs> I'm so happy I asked that question because I swear I thought you were just going to say just do it I should have known better <laughs> do you have anything else that we've missed that you'd like to talk about I was wondering if I could mention a few books that have really blown me away recently is that okay absolutely yeah 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 so I just read Eleanor Jackson's Gravidity in Parity utterly mind-blowing um as soon as i opened it and realized what she was doing i was like oh hold the phone are you actually going to wow okay yeah it really blew me away <laughs> i'm not particularly articulate when i'm talking about things that i like um i just am reading the last few pages of harry reed's leave me alone i came to that book with exceptionally high expectations and harry has not let me down and I did get to chat with Tracy Ryan a couple of months ago. Uh, people really loved that conversation for all kinds of reasons. And I, I read pretty much everything of Tracy's I could get my hands on in preparation. And Rose Interior, which is her 10th collection, is just out. Is, um, it's really a, a poet working at the height of her powers. Thank you. Thanks for those recommendations, uh, Alice. And certainly something that Alice does uh, on her podcast is always champion and uh, show us where to look for good poetry and where to look for good poetry souls. So thank you for that, Alice. Thank you. Do you want to take us out with uh, one more poem? Yes, I only thought of two. Let's let me pick another one. So this is a poem called A Career in Poetry, and it's playing off Eileen Miles' poem, Exploding the Spring Mystique, in which Eileen says, 35 will be terrifying. 35 is terrifying. Everything about ready to snap. In a year, I'll look back and think, I was so much younger then. Today, I did what I was paid to do and cut my nails. Thought again about women and men and the way none of us are ever safe around each other, about the way white writers never get asked, what is the role of race in your writing? About the way no writer ever gets asked, how much of this is you straight up lying to yourself? Tomorrow I will do what I'm paid to do and make up something else. The man who loves me most allows me a closed door. A younger, wiser friend asks me about another man. How many poems has he inspired? Terrified, I lie. I loved hearing that. I was um, um, so uh, that was Alice Allen uh, reading her poem from the Empty Show. Thank you very much, Alice, and thank you, 3CR listeners. Thank you, Es.